Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and welcome uh, to the program. Uh, <laughs> we're waiting for my sister to join us. Um, I wanted to get started because I'm, I'm, I want to share something with you that uh, maybe you're not aware. Uh, Susan reports that she can't, that something's blocking her phone. I don't know. She said this happened a few weeks ago as well. I don't know. Well, we're, we'll continue and... She should call just 412-200-5686. Just call the regular number. I'm not in a position to text her, actually. But um, Okay. So, Susan, I hope you're listening. Just call the regular number, 412-200-5686. so th- I saw this just as I, I I came into the studio and I finally uh, found it on my you know trusty device, um, and what it is is an opinion piece written by a former Supreme Court justice, uh, a Republican former Supreme Court justice, uh, John Paul Stevens. And uh, I have not had the uh, opportunity to read it in toto, uh, but I thought I'd share it with you, and we can read it together, if you don't mind. Um, And I think Susan is being patched in, I hope. Okay, I'm just going (laughs) to read this. This is John Paul Stevens, former Supreme Court Justice. Rarely in my lifetime have I seen the type of civic engagement school children and their supporters demonstrated in Washington and other major cities throughout the country this past Saturday. These demonstrations demand our respect. They reveal the broad public support for legislation to minimize the risk of mass killings of school children and others in our society. That support is a clear sign to lawmakers to enact legislation prohibiting civilian ownership of semi-automatic weapons, increasing the minimum age to buy a gun from 18 to 21 years, and establishing more comprehensive background checks on all purchasers of firearms. But the demonstrator, here's where it is, but the demonstrator should seek more effective and more lasting reform. They should demand a repeal of the Second Amendment. Again, this is a former U.S. Supreme Court Republican justice saying they should demand a repeal of the Second Amendment. Concern, he goes on, concern that a national standing army might pose a threat to the security of the separate states led to the adoption of that amendment, which provides that, quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, end quote. Today, that concern is a relic of the 18th century. For over 200 years, 
After the adoption of the Second Amendment, it was uniformly understood as not placing any limit on either federal or state authority to enact gun control legislation for over 200 years, he said. In 1939, the Supreme Court unanimously held that Congress could prohibit the possession of a sawed-off shotgun because that weapon had no reasonable relation to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. During the years when Warren Burger was our Chief Justice from 1969 to 1986, no judge, federal or state, as far as I am aware, expressed any doubt as to the limited coverage of the Second Amendment. When organizations like the National Rifle Association disagreed with that position and began their campaign claiming that federal regulation of firearms curtailed Second Amendment rights, Chief Justice Berger, again, a Republican, I add, publicly characterized the NRA as perpetrating, quote, one of the greatest pieces of fraud, I repeat the word fraud, on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime, end quote from former Chief Justice Berger. In 2008, the Supreme Court overturned Chief Justice Berger's, this is 2008, so it's just, what, 10 years ago? This is, this is some history, guys, we need to know. In 2008, the Supreme Court overturned Chief Justice Berger's and others' long-settled understanding of the Second Amendment's limited reach by ruling in District of Columbia versus Heller that there was an individual right to bear arms. I was among the four dissenters. So that was a 5-4 ruling. And that was just 10 years ago. That decision, which I remain convinced was wrong and certainly was debatable, has provided the NRA with a propaganda weapon of immense power. Overturning that decision via a constitutional amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment would be simple and would do more to weaken the NRA's ability to stymie legislative debate and block constructive gun control legislation than any other available option. That simple but dramatic action would move Saturday's marchers closer to the objective than any other possible reform. It would eliminate the only legal rule that protects sellers of firearms in the United States, unlike every other market in the world. It would make our school children safer than they have been since 2008 and honor the memories of the many, indeed far too many, victims of recent gun violence. That, ladies and gentlemen, from John Paul Stevens, former justice 
of the U.S. Supreme Court giving us some history and some education. And what he's saying is the way to proceed is to overturn that decision, District of Columbia v. Heller. Now, of course, the problem... Susan, are you there? Okay, Susan. Are you there? Yeah, hi. Hi. Sorry. Yeah, I am. Sorry about all that. Um, <clears throat> I, I spent the time when you weren't there reading a, an op-ed uh, for the New York Times written by former uh, Justice John Paul Stevens. And it's a, it's a mind blower because um, he comes flat out and says that these kids and their marches on Saturday were amazing, deserve respect and attention, and he says the only thing he would suggest is they need to set their sights higher and they need to demand the repeal of the Second Amendment, a relic of the 18th century, he says. And then he goes on to talk about the history of uh, how the courts viewed that Second Amendment all the way up to 1986, no, 2008. 1986, they were pushing back. The Burger Court telling the NRA that they were trying to perpetrate a fraud regarding their uh, view of the Second Amendment. And he says it wasn't until just 10 years ago, 2008, in a case, uh, District of Columbia v. Uh, Heller, uh, that a 5-4 court, and he was a dissenter, 5-4 court said that the Second Amendment gave individuals the right to bear any arms they wanted to. So he says it's that decision, that decision that has provided the NRA with all the, with all the muscle they have needed and it's that decision that must be overturned. And I was saying, you know, that's wonderful that he's come out and said that, but how do you overturn um, a case like that when you look at the current court and the possibility well, that, that Donald Trump will have an opportunity to put another justice on it who will probably look around for a justice who's six years old? So you don't, but but I do think that what he's doing is saying there is a moment, and if you can take this moment and really get the the cultural norm to begin to change, so that it starts the pushback, that's how it happens. That's how I mean, and and I'm telling you, 50 years ago, you wouldn't have told me that it would if you smoked a cigarette in front of somebody, they'd sneer at you and walk away. So things are doable, and so you things are doable, and that's how they're doable. And what the kids are saying Start. is that we have got to rouse ourselves from the paralyzed, uh, defeatist torpor that uh, we have been in because of the seeming uh, incredible power of the NRA and its hold on the cowards that call themselves uh, uh, legislators and congresspeople. Every time I watch um, 
those kids that they replay this stuff. I, I'm sitting there. I can't. Every single time I'm sitting there with tears rolling down my face. Right. Uh, and, and that, and I'm, and I'm more than a little worried for Emma Gonzalez. I hope she stays safe uh, because she's she's just uh, she's going to. She is somebody that's going to get old enough to really be somebody. She is somebody already. And I, and she, I, is she is amazing. Somebody, she is somebody but I, and I want her to get old enough to be to be to be, to be able to be somebody. Like the president you know, of the I, United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the president of the United States. Yeah, the she, composure, the oh. and that little eleven-year-old girl. Oh. no, it was mind-blowing. And uh, as I said yesterday, the eloquence of the silence that Gonzalez had the courage to stand there and and just put out there onto uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, to me it was uh, it was surpassed in eloquence uh, for a Washington march only by Dr. King. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of that was better. Or as incredible, just amazing. Yeah. So I agree, though. There's enough yeah, thought, nutcases. I thought, yeah. Like, go ahead, sir. Well, when you see the um, the Republicans and the right wingers going after these kids, my God, and they're going after them with oh. with lies. And I mean, can you imagine? These are children who have, in the very recent past, suffered an, a, a trauma that, God forbid, any of us should ever experience ourselves, and watch 17 of their classmates slaughtered, and they have had the resolve to do what they have done, and these adults that are gunning for them, Unbelievable. Well, there and therein is my fear. I mean, among them reside more than a few nuts. Uh, and 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 I will say the, the the other thing that has had me sort of emotional about the whole thing is that of all the reactions to trauma that one can have, the one that these children put together for themselves and executed en masse is one of the healthiest reactions to being a, to a trauma that I've ever seen in my life and done so exquisitely that I, I um, I'm just I'm just so impressed by them I know I, I really I know. because of all the reactions to choose this one and to execute it so incredibly is also the healthiest and best thing they could have done for themselves in the act of healing that they're going to have to go through for the rest of their lives. They're amazing. They're children, and they're amazing. Amazing. They're showing us. They're teaching us. Um, <clears throat> no, I, you know, all these old 60s and early 70s songs are coming back, you know, Bob Dylan, the times they are a changing, you know, get out of the right. get out of the way if you can't lend a hand. And um yeah, it's time for us so called grown ups to stand down. Let these kids 
have it. Do it. It's just been so amazing to see them. I'm blown away by them. Well, too. It, yeah, yeah, and I have to, and and it puts me in mind of the reactions of some of the high schools, you know, and and um, when students were marching, you know, walking out, and they are going to plan to do it again in a, in another uh, few weeks, I believe, but. The school, they, some schools, you know, just let the kids do what they want. And the kids suffer the consequences, such as they may be, is written in the policy handbook. Some decide um, it's a good way to use it educationally, and uh, they let it happen. But they still make a show of saying, you're not allowed to go. I mean, if they don't, it's not a protest. The ones that really get me are the ones that decide that the school is going to take over and manage the protest for the children. I know, so disgusting. So disgusting. And I, of all the uneducational, you know, every helicoptery parent kind of thing to do as a school, I, I'm, I, and it happened in more than one place, and they did it with such pats on their back. I wanted to go up and punch them in the nose. I know they don't get it, and these are the people who are supposed to know how to educate our children, and they don't trust them. They don't see that this was a moment for the children to have power. Let them. It's their time. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, I, I, I so hear you. Um, but wow, these kids. Way, it's a way, if there's a way for us to fuck things up as the older generation, keep doing it. I mean, just keep doing it. <laughs> really? awful. Anyway, I have great hope for our future. And 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 say because another another um you know side a side effect of what they've done, uh, aside from galvanize a movement, is to actually give a bunch of us hope again. That yeah, there right. isn't yeah, good news, we're all gonna die and they get to take over. It's about the best news I've heard. <laughs> really? I'm. I'm. I know. Yeah. I hope. I hope it happens in time before we ruin the world. I hope quick. I have grandchildren coming up. Grow up, kids. Take over. Or hurry up. We'll try and get out of the way. Hey, speaking of grandchildren, do you know I got a butt call? But yesterday, um, a uh, yeah. <laughs> from your grandchild. Yeah. Uh, well, from his father. But when the father realized it was a what he'd done, he he tried to drop the call and your grandson said no i want to talk to her <laughs> yay so did you talk did yeah. you get to talk to my grandson yeah i did he was eating his dinner <laughs> the only four-year-old i know whose favorite food is salmon uh Oh God, yeah. And uh, all right. Well, yes, he's very cute, and he's and a conversation. He's still at the point where, where um, unlike his father, when I used to put him on the phone with who, with, with our mother, would go hi, bye, right, and then him. No, his the father phone. could not carry on a conversation on the phone. It was like horrible. I was talking yesterday about the term dead air. It was dead air. 
So um, lots of things to talk about, Suze. Um, did you watch Stormy Daniels? Oh, how could I not? But here's the thing. If you're sitting in California, which I am for one more day, yeah, <laughs> um, you you know that it's been on everywhere else. And I was, oh. you know, and I'm sitting here having to wait. So out of desperation, I turned over to MSNBC because I knew they'd be immediately dissecting it, and it would be two hours before I'd get to see it, which is, of course, what happened. But then we watched it. I, you know what I think? I'm, I, uh, you know, thank you, Stormy Daniels. I really like you, Stormy Daniels. I think you're really, you know, all judgment aside, I wouldn't pick your perfectly legal way of making a living. But you're a, you are a courageous, smart uh, right. woman, and yeah. I particular, and I particularly like your lawyer. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Yike! Yeah! Wow! Oh man! Uh, man, I wouldn't want to be on the I, other I, side I, of I that. Been, uh, uh, Oh, well, not only that, I'd be on the other side of that. Now, that's the first person I've seen since my husband died. I thought, gee, you know, if he actually came up and said, do you want to have dinner? I'd go, yeah, can we talk? <laughs> you got the hots for him. Uh, oh, he's, well, he's brilliant. He's just, and he's so full of himself. And he talks sure, but he's good at it. Yeah, he's, and he's he was, really, I was watching yeah. him discuss his horror at the legal team that Trump has I know, I know. He he, he said, I'm just a guy from the Midwest, you know. I mean, I'm thinking, which immediately put me in in line of norm of our father, which is how he would start any negotiation, which would be by diminishing him and, you know, just saying, I'm just, you know. I was just born in a log cabin in the mid, I'm just a country lawyer. I certainly can't, I certainly can't equate myself with the likes of the major law firms on the East Coast or the West Coast. This is how he starts his interview, you know. And then he said, but he he said, every single trap I've set for them, they just walk right into it gleefully. I'm beginning, I'm beginning to feel guilty. <laughs> I'm playing them this way and that. No, it, and you know what? No, no attorney. He can't get an attorney. The president. Well, no, because they've made every they've they've already cooked their own geese. As of yesterday, um, they did something that even if they try and settle everything now, they can't because uh, by by calling by in some way insinuating that she's not telling the truth, which up to now they had assiduously not done. They established another cause for action, and they immediately, you know, have got them on First Amendment and defamation and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Pay the, even, if they, even if they pay the old one to go away, yeah, this the one. one doesn't. Yeah, exactly right. And, so, and, oh, and the other thing that they did is that they demanded a, 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 a removal of the federal court and the second thing they do, the second that they do that, they open up themselves to automatically being able to depose Trump, and automatically, so they've they've opened the doors to everything that was previously closed. These were the, and this was his team. <laughs> so you know, this guy last night is just sitting back and going, you know, they're just cooked. I, they're just cooked. You know, and and we're doing this because this is, you know, the, the the American people have a right to know who the president of the United States is. Well, 
the Wall Street Journal in that regard was wringing its hands in its lead editorial today. Um, and they've actually, this is actually a line from a Wall Street Journal editorial. It cracked me up. Our guess, said the Wall Street Journal editorial board, our guess is that at the margin, this, namely Stormy Daniels thing, this contributes to a growing public belief that Mr. Trump's personal flaws are undermining his chances for a successful presidency. You think? <laughs> his personal hey. flaws. You know, like the one where he's Donald Trump. <laughs> Jeez. And they go on to bemoan that he can't retain the best legal counsel because the best legal counsel wouldn't take him for a client. Can't take a loose cannon idiot like that for a client. You've built up a. When was you know, the last time that you were? When, when was the last time you heard any top-notch law firm said, "Oh, we couldn't possibly. We're too busy." Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, what you say to a late dinner. That's what you say to a late dinner invitation. That is not what you say to, to the, the president, president of the United States when he comes <laughs> I know, calling. I know. Jeez. <laughs> and that's literally what they've been saying. Oops, we're busy. Oh, Never I'm sorry. 5,000 lawyers worldwide. We're just a little tied up right now. <laughs> Very flattered you would think of us, but no, I'm so sorry. Have a prior commitment. Oh, dear. Well, God. and even Trump. The, the funniest thing is when he hires those people that look like they're hoarders from Fox News. Oh, I. what <laughs> you about the, the you know, the uh, the husband and wife, the, the, the guy who looked like even, the husband and wife even, went, <coughs> even Tony Soprano wouldn't hire that guy. I mean, did you? <laughs> so he, Trump loved him because he saw him on Fox News. And because this guy peddles, yeah, peddles conspiracy <laughs> theories about the FBI is out to get Donald Trump. So Trump loved him. Let's get this guy, DeGeneva. And so DeGeneva and his wife come to the White House after the president has said they're gonna be, he's going to be his new lawyer. And that's what resulted in his old lawyer uh, quitting in disgust. <laughs> I'm out of here. And DeGeneva and his wife come. And by the time they leave, he's gone. And the reason is, my understanding is, not that there was some little uh, conflict, it's that Trump, when he s sat across from these guys in real life, not television, didn't like, didn't, there was no chemistry, he said. He wasn't the, he wasn't like the guy on TV. Isn't that just sort they of... Look, they look like two homeless people, and even, even uh, and I homeless people that was rude i you know they uh even he thought they looked disheveled yeah he just didn't um, imagine you're going to meet the president and, right they look like homeless people oh dear so susan i have a question this thing comes from roger he says yesterday i sent you an email about the electoral college because our Senator Bob Casey told him uh, that it's part of the Constitution and that it cannot be changed, which, of course, is absurd because the Constitution, of course, has been changed many times. They're yes. called amendments. Right. right. <laughs> so the question, Roger says, the question I asked yesterday that you didn't get to, 
maybe more in Susan's department as a lawyer, since we can all agree that Congress isn't going to do anything. Could a lawsuit, he says, with a less conservative Supreme Court end the Electoral College? It's pretty obvious. No, the only way, no. No. You got to. The only way. It's an amendment to the Constitution. It's the only way to get rid of it. There's only one way to do that, and that is with an amendment, which requires, uh, what, two-thirds of the states? Two-thirds of the states and um, passing the... I mean, it is such an onerous process, which is why... It's got to get past both both houses of Congress Congress by substantial margins. It has to be... Passed by two-thirds of the state legislatures. I think that's true. I mean, you know, Three quarters or two thirds or something. You can yeah, look it up. Yeah, the alert. You yeah, know, making up stat, right? Um, yeah, um, but it has yeah, to be but, a constitutional. So it's right. And the last time we tried was the ERA, and we couldn't get enough states to. Uh, we right. got by both houses, but enough states didn't want women to have equal rights. That it didn't happen. Right, there was something um, about bathrooms. About I believe that. bathrooms always seem to get people freaked. It was the first time bathrooms were used. Yeah, that was the first that's time what killed the Equal Rights we Amendment. No longer, that somehow men it, would it, be able to come into a way, woman's bathroom. <laughs> instead of the way it was eventually um, uh, interpreted in the courts, because in fact this exact issue was uh, made to the courts, um, and all it meant is that women finally got more stools than than men because because we all we can only go one at a time. Yeah, anyway. that's how it happened. We that that equal equal rights meant that we got more bathroom space, which I think is you know appropriate. Anyway, there still isn't enough for women. <laughs> There's still lines outside women's facilities and not men's. Anyway, so. So John Paul Stevens saying, uh, get rid of the Second Amendment by passing another amendment. You, uh, if you want to get rid of the Electoral College, you have to do that by amendment as well. But as we're saying, well, that is one. T- it's an expensive process, and I, and I bet you these issues would pull well together. And it's not a bad idea to try and get them done together. And I think he's right. Or start and, out and the I process. Been, you know, start it out. It's going to take a long, long time. Start it out. I mean... I have been saying this now for a while on the show and in other forums in which I appear, and I have to say that, you know, when people say they want our guns, I used to say, oh, no, you have a perfect right to have your guns. And now I'm saying, you're damn right, you abused it, just like anybody else. When you abuse the right to have it, you lose it, and a lot of little innocent people have to lose it, too, because you can't behave, you misbehave, that's it, you're damn right, I want all the guns. Let's be honest about what we want. Let's not pussyfoot about it. Let's start with what we actually want. My guess is we'll have to compromise a lot to get anything. But if we start at the end, what's the point? Well, I don't want. I have to tell you, I I don't want a circulation. I don't want all the guns. What about hunters? Oh no, the hunters can have the rights to their guns. I'm not saying that. Well, you said I want all the guns. I think it, I've told you before, I think it makes absolute sense to have a central armory and you go and you check your gun in and out when you want to hunt. Okay. So, um, you might have a law that says, or might have a law that says you're allowed one hunting rifle and one, uh, and, and one handgun in, in a household. That's it. Anything else has, if you own it, it's fine. Has to be locked up in a central armory. I do not want 
all these guns out there, and if that leaves only the guns with the criminals, then, well, then the police will know what to do and who's got them. You but know, right now the police can't do their job because they don't know who they are and who's got them or who doesn't have them more accurately. So, Susan, at the march here in Pittsburgh on Saturday and at another event in Greensburg, PA, which is right near here, uh, guys showed up carrying AK-47s. Of course they did. Isn't, I mean, can you imagine how vile do you have to be to bring the very weapon that killed all those kids that resulted in the march in the first place and you bring one to a peaceably assembled group of people, mostly young. And it, I mean, well, you... that's what I'm talking about. They don't need those guns for protection. They, those guns were only there to bully and 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 to threaten. Right. And if if that's their constitutional right, I say that's an abuse of their constitutional right and an infringement on ours to gather peacefully. Well, it's also and an, it's, I'm, what about don't know that they've gone too far. They've gone too far, and each of these rights comes with a line that says you've gone too far, including the goddamn Second Amendment. They've gone too far. Exactly. Reset time. Reset time. Okay, Roger also has a quote for us from uh, Thomas Jefferson. And this is it. I am not an advocate for frequent changes in laws and constitutions, but laws and institutions must go hand in hand with the progress of the human mind. As that becomes more developed, more enlightened, as new discoveries are made, new truths discovered, and manners and opinions changed, with the change of circumstances, institutions must advance also to keep pace with the times. We might as well require a man to wear still the coat which fitted him when a boy as civilized society to remain ever under the regimen of their barbarous ancestors. And in this case, our founding fathers are our barbarous ancestors. Not that they were barbarous, but that they couldn't imagine the tools that we would have, that they seemingly would protect. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you because now we're going to link you back to the Heller Heller case. Okay. And I'll remind you that before 2008, no one thought that's what the Second Amendment said. That's right. That's right. So this this is not them being forcing us into a lad's coat. This is adult, modern-day people advancing a political cause at the behest of uh, corporate entities. And it's a politicized Supreme Court. And it's a politicized Supreme Court. And may I just say that the fact that Remington has filed for bankruptcy because no one buys guns when a Republican is in office right. is a terrible thing to say to him. I mean, he presents one with a terrible moral dilemma. Do you, do you, it is true. So Remington has declared bankruptcy, the gun manufacturer, because since Trump was elected, their gun sales have plummeted uh, by 40%. Because every time you elect, they, the NRA and gun manufacturers right. require a Democrat in the White House right. for business to the be good. Only thing, 
And the minute a Republican gets in, their sales drop because they can't scare the the gullible masses that listen to their BS uh, that somehow the Democratic president is going to tank their guns away. So go grab as many as you can while you can. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron takes us. It in. is amazing. I mean, you know, I mean, isn't it amusing that the only thing that could really scare the bejesus out of a a white macho guy is, with a gun is a is a little snowflakey Democrat? I know. Who, by the way, is not going to take your guns away? Right. Who's never even suggested they would? Right. To it's be just unbelief. somebody else whispering in your ear, "That's your enemy. That's your enemy," and you go, "Oh, pointy at the enemy." Unbelievable. Okay, Aaron points us in a different direction. Uh, he says, hi, oh, last, last week on a few different occasions, you made some comments about ordering everything online versus shopping in a store and how you thought it was a downside to technology. Well, because it's putting out of business all these... I, anyway, over the weekend, I was thinking, back in the day, like the 30s, 40s, 50s, everything was delivered. Your milk your groceries, your packages from shopping in the store. The doctor came to your house. A lot of things were similar to what we have today. It seems like it went away toward the... Right, the Sears catalog. The Sears catalog was the Internet. Right. And you could get everything from from toenail clippers to a build-it-yourself house. But that's because our population was much more rural and small town and those rural areas and small towns did not have uh department stores or uh business districts um and i i think but it's a good it's a great point that's true also it seems like back then everything was on account people weren't walking around with piles of cash on them they just paid at the end of the month maybe i'm wrong just seeing some interesting parallels, maybe, to back then and now online. Well, I think, you know, I don't know. Everything being on on account wasn't uh, that, that, I mean, That's there were frequent really right. instances of that. No, but I, you know, I, but I will tell you a story. I mean, I'm a member of the extended family um, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, parents divorced and mother left with, uh, I think about eight kids. And there was this little, um, teeny, one of those wonderful little markets that still exist every once in a while. That's a teeny little building with a whole grocery store can, can <laughs> crammed into it and a good butcher counter to boot. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so there's such a place as a place called Ladue Market. It's been there literally since 18 something or other. And this woman, you know, for months at a time would have no money, but everything was on account at Ladue Market. And there and there were places like that that just took out, you know, that's small-town America when they took care of each other. Yeah. On the other hand, I do remember Dad telling me once, if you want something and you don't have money with you, just tell tell them who you are and they'll, you know, they'll charge it to me. So I tried that once and they just looked at me like, who cares? <laughs> He said that? Why would he have said that to you? I don't know, but it didn't work. God, you were the spendthrift dog. Why would he say that to you? 
Jesus. I don't know. It didn't work. Why are you getting your undies in a bunch? I don't know. <laughs> All that happened is I got humiliated. <laughs> so, um, they say. <laughs> here's something I came upon. Just want to wing it by you because it just blew my mind. Apparently, in the uh, Massachusetts State House, what's the capital of Massachusetts? Do we know? Wait a minute. Oh, you're looking it up on Google. I'm not looking it up. I'm not cheating. Isn't that ridiculous? I'm not even cheating. I could. Good idea. If I if I play on I'm my not iPad, good. I get lost in thought. Is it Boston? <laughs> it is Boston? I was going to say. Well, I just thought Boston? it was some funny little, you know, like, it is. Uh, Carlo's coming up with Boston here. I didn't realize it was Boston. I thought, you know, Boston was what you'd say, but that'd be wrong. I'm it's not like good at Chicago state. Chicago isn't the capital. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not good at uh, state capitals. But we think it is Boston. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So anyway, at the state uh, capital there, uh, and the and the House, uh, the legisl- legislature's house, there are um, there are a few entrances uh, to the floor of the house, and they are named. And one of the um, entrances is called the General Hooker entrance and there's a sign to that effect that this is the general <laughs> see you're like my head never even went there well listen to this well, the more the, the, the more the, the more the um that's sort of like the bulk hookers the uh organic hookers are the next door <laughs> what the organic okay gin- never mind okay I... so um, one of the women in the state house, state representative Michelle Dubois, says that um, she went on Twitter and said, hashtag me too. It's not all about rape and harassment, but also women's dignity. And she said that female staffers avoid walking in the hooker entrance. And I got to say, that is the stupidest, idiotic thing I've ever heard. First of all, it's named... Yeah, that's, that's a grow-up. It's named after someone. His name it's is named after a, a, civil, a Civil War General Joseph Hooker. I mean, so... That's his name, okay? Hooker. It doesn't mean if you walk in that entrance, you're a prostitute. Duh. I mean, what? I, I am so... See, some, a woman like this it, makes it so easy. the whole movement. It makes it, yeah. it just unbelievable. That, ah, I read that and I wanted to scream and I was hoping that um, she was laughed out of the chamber and that um, found herself uh, unelected at the next opportunity. What? Well, I mean, why I mean, can't... Why? Although there are names, there are names that should, 
that that before you name something, you should you should just look at it and make sure that it's going to. Well, but so what if you're a great and person that, is named Hooker? What, you can, and he he can never be yeah, well, honored. Not, but, no, and I I mean even though this is the internet, I I have an instance like this. There was a Catholic girls' school above uh, up the hill from where our house was, and it was this sort of beautiful old uh, French chateau castle-like thing on gorgeous grounds, and you would drive in through these gates through a winding tree-lined lane, which they named after one of their head masters. But he had a name that shouldn't be on anybody's driveway leading up to a Catholic girls' school. And what was the name, Susan? Um, Well, I'll just spell it for you. K-U-N-T-Z. Cunts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it was pronounced Kunz. I was walking with my husband one day. They had just renamed it. We saw the sign. The two of us, we all, it almost killed us. We were laughing. We were laughing so hard we had to look for a bathroom. The whole thing was terrible. <laughs> it didn't last. It, it, it didn't last long, I must say. Apparently, other people had the same reaction. Aw, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, pure minds have never even thought of that. But everybody else did. <laughs> well, stop and think of like Dick's Sporting Goods, okay? So what if Dick's uh, sponsored uh, the entrance to, you know, like at Lambeau Field where the Packers play, there's, you know, this entrance at. What if Dick's did? So Dick's entrance? Yeah, only only uh, uh, drunk assholes got to go in that one. <laughs> well, I mean, like, what? That's funny. You could be both a dick and an asshole. Isn't that a yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Amy says, just a thought, maybe the women who use the hooker entrance have to deal with comments from some of the men there. I I doubt it. I I mean, stop and think. You're a state legislator. I think you got some... There are serious things to attend to. Hello? Yeah? Susan? Hello? Well, odd. We've lost her. Uh, so, um, I, I don't know. It's the last thing you would. And I, I just want to say this. Um, and I actually wanted Susan's reaction. But um, yesterday I had to run to the grocery store. And um, I, I um, was, I'm sorry, there's, I'm getting too much input here and I'm not, okay, had to run to the grocery store. And I was walking down an aisle with my cart and uh, a gentleman was coming toward me. And as he got, as we passed, I, we sort of, you know, nodded at each other. He smiled. You know, we're friendly in these parts. And he said, you're looking great today, he said, as if he knew me. And I thought, do I know him? And I don't know. And I just said, 
thanks, and kept going, as did he. And then he said, while he'd gone, but to me, he said, you're a fine-looking woman. Now, I thought that both of those things are absolutely politically incorrect now, right? You're looking great today, and you're a fine-looking woman. This is from a man I don't know, just passing in the grocery store. I not only, and th- so this is maybe generational, I don't know, I not only did not take a... F- I not only did not take offense, I, I would, I, you know, it made my day for a minute or two. It felt wonderful to have somebody say that, you know, women of a certain age don't get told that very often. And I could tell, he wasn't coming on to me, he was simply expressing his opinion that he found me attractive. I I don't know, women of my generation, that is not an awful thing done in the way he... No, wait a minute. Who, I missed that because I was unceremoniously knocked off. So who said that to you? I was in the grocery store. I was pushing my cart. A man of a certain age was coming the other way. And as we passed, we nodded at each other. He smiled. I smiled at him. And he said, you're looking great today, or something like that. And I looked at him and said, well, thank you. And we kept going. And as I continued, I heard him say, you are one fine-looking woman. And he kept going, and I kept going. And I am saying, what I was saying, Susan, is I don't know if this is generational. That not only didn't offend me, I loved it. It made your day. Yes. I felt so, I, you know, how women, as we get older, are devalued, we're not looked at, we're not noted. And You're invisible. Right. And he <laughs> noticed me and complimented me and told me that he thought I was a fine-looking woman, and I loved it. Now, a young... Um, you know, there's absolutely... Can I just say something? Yeah. That's because if there was nothing creepy about it. It was... It, it, um, you felt in no... You didn't feel sexualized. You just felt appreciated. There's, there's nothing wrong with it, and I wish I could teach people how to have the proper tone, but the day that you're wrong for saying something nice to somebody else is a day that should never, ever come. Okay, and well, I want to say I, I think the day is here because I think not many... What he did was now uh, unallowed. I, that's what I think. And I think a younger woman would have been pissed, would have felt violated, triggered, yeah, but, yeah, all that kind they, of shit. You know, remember the remember the story that you're 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 um, about to have another birthday older brother tells about a young law student coming up and hugging him and saying, "I just love you, Professor Miller," and he says, 
you wouldn't do that if I were 20 years younger. That's true. And, and, and perhaps precisely because you and are. I are women of a certain age, it allows somebody to say that without being a sexual creep, just being nice about it. And it is nice. There's nothing wrong with delivering a compliment. And, I, and I'm guilty of it, too. If I see someone, you know, with uh, particularly gorgeous hair, like going down an escalator, I'll say, oh, my God. God I, I love your hair. Yeah. Yeah, I just love your hair. Yeah, but we're you know, now, I read I, something I, the other no day. Has, uh, Susan, I read something the other day where a woman uh, was saying, just in case nobody understands it, what a woman's wearing, how she looks, is never a topic of your, you know, you should never comment on it. It is not. And I'm thinking, well, I, it's like the fascist thought police. Everything gets taken too far. Right. I mean, no, I don't want you to walk up to me and say, you look too thin, eat something, which, by the way, happens all the time. You know, if, if you're thin, people think they have as much right to tell you to eat as if they find you way too much and they look so at they you and they eat. think you're eating too much. Right. That you're right. So, so just in case you think there's any place that anybody thinks that you're the right way, that's what you don't comment on. How what someone how they eat, just like you were saying, how much they weigh, how much they don't weigh. But if someone walks up to me and says, "Damn, those pants look good on you. I wish I could wear something like that." I'm just going to say thank you. Yeah, exactly right. What, we have a it's, caller it's who's, been, who's hanging there. Folks. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, is our caller still there, or do they give up? Hello, caller. I didn't give up. Oh, I right. Give up. I never give up. Ah, you got <laughs> stay in power, no, mister. I... Thank you. Wait a minute, is that a compliment? Anyway, um, you more yes. or less answered my question as I was, uh, as I was, as I was on hold, because I was going to ask, would you have uh, went up to a strange man and said, you know, hey, you look really nice? today you know if it was if the opposite is okay then him complimenting you is okay you know what i mean yeah right have you ever yeah yeah i I have done that i have i have done that that you know particularly if someone's wearing a a really good hat at a really good angle that Mm -hmm. absolutely when i walk back i'll walk by i'll go great hat you know i mean what's wrong with noticing the way i get away with (laughs) Yeah, the way I get away with giving compliments and trying not to act like I, you know, to women, and I try to let them know that I'm not coming on to them, I won't say, say, hey, you look really good. I won't say that. I'll say, nice outfit, great hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? But even that, even that, listen, if it's a woman with a, I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot of women who would consider that out of bounds now. How dare oh, you, you know. comment on my hair or my outfit? That does not define me. Mm-hmm. Do you know well, I mean? But wait a minute, wait a minute. There's, there's also a time and a place. So the same woman that's saying in an office situation, if I, as a woman, as I, if I walk into my boss's office, I don't want the first thing he says to me is nice outfit. Nice outfit. It means something different depending on where you are. And, 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 you know, and Clarence isn't walking into people in a, you know, 
in in that kind of a situation and doing that. But the, in other situations, it's not only appropriate, but it, it you know, it's you well, you guys, you got either. When I'm out there doing the caricaturing thing, when I'm out there doing the caricaturing thing, and somebody sits down in front of me, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it, you know, sit there, and I'll, I will say, you know, great hair. Sure. The, the hair that I'm starting to like now is that I'm like looking at you know older women is the graying hair that's that's sort of kind of unkempt. You know what I mean? It's just. I sure. We both know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I call. Yeah, I call. I call them like the the old hippie chicks, you know, with the with the with the, the gray hair and just walking down, you know, going into Whole Foods or something. <laughs> it's, 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 that's just attractive to me now. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, I'm pushing sixty. <laughs> pushing sixty. I'm always 60. telling women like great hair. I've probably said that within the last three months like five times great hair <laughs> yeah well as a guy who doesn't <laughs> have any uh, you must like that, hair you don't have any hair have any, it, yeah. it, that's exactly right yeah it's like great hair but i just I think no, it's but, like the coolest thing huh I, I will say that there are um uh, i i'm out here with our mother and we play bridge and that more than one of the men that we play bridge with out here has commented to each of us how nice the natural hair looks because everybody else around there has some color that doesn't occur in nature at that point in their life, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it turns out that a lot of the men are responsible for keeping their wives' roots in order. And all they would like for them to do is let the damn stuff grow out and leave them alone. They keep pointing out Mother and me and saying, look at how good they look. And it's just, you know, the women don't particularly like it, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're, you know, talking about amending the Constitution, whatever that pinkish purple color that women are putting in their hair, the older women put it in their hair, yeah. that needs yeah. to be put in the Constitution. That needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the biggest gosh. purple women out there, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. No, it's not. It's constructive. It's constructive. <laughs> All right. my humble opinion. All right. Okay. Thank you, Clarence. Have a nice day. Always You're good welcome. to hear from you. Bye. 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 Uh, Roger Bye. writes, uh, when we first moved to Pittsburgh in 1994, at the old Civic Arena, the boards in front of the visiting team's bench said dicks. <laughs> I wonder if they placed it there in front of the visiting team bench, said dicks. Oh, that's funny. Dicks hadn't gone. It, that's a, Dick's Sporting Goods is, uh, is uh, headquartered here, Susan. So, and, and Roger says Dicks hadn't gone right. completely national yet. And we had, explain, we had to explain to my family in, in D.C. that it was an advertisement for a local sporting goods chain. <laughs> they thought, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, no, but there, there are, you know, I mean, the, 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 I've said this many times, but the name of the, one of the main family-owned local grocers yes. in, in St. Louis Schmucks. is... Schnucks. Oh, yeah, Schnucks. No, Schnucks, not Schmucks. That's right, which is, which is, but, you know, in Yiddish, a Schnuck is, you know, some sort of a, um, you know. So there is another Yiddish word, Schnuck. It's not, fellow. yeah, right. Um, schnook, 
So Jeez. I couldn't believe it when I moved there that a whole grocery store would, would happily put up their schnooks like you'd have to be. <laughs> Think of all the great names, that's Yiddish words that start with S-C-H-N or S-C-H, schnook. And I mean all these words for people, schnook and schlamazel uh, and schlub. Schlub. Yeah, I mean, they're, are, all, they're all sort of onomatic. Well, the minute they you... all sound like what the thing looks like. Right. The minute you hear it, you know it's not something you want to be called. All right, well, I think we're out of time. And, Susan, you got to go pack because you and Mom are coming back to the Midwest tomorrow, huh? We are, we are, we are. Well, it'll be good to... So that's what's up next, good, good to have you closer, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Right. I mean, doing this two hours later is going to sound a whole lot better, I promise, folks. Yeah, right. She'll be more awake from now on. So thank you. Safe travels. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, and you guys, I'll, uh, I got to go to get my taxes done. Put it off long enough. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow, okay? Stay dry. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>